Perfect. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Sweet Hey, Ross. Hey, Rue. How are we doing today? Not bad, man. We're recording the podcast kind of early today. It's only half three. Because you have stuff to do tonight. What are you doing? Uh, rehearsals. Taking, we're taking our show to Body and Soul, my, um, my other career as a musical director for a theatre company. It's, it's doing really well, yeah? Great uh, not bad, yeah. Well, we, we didn't get into Dublin Fringe, so we're going to do something else with it this winter. But yeah, it went. the last two shows were sold out and we're taking it to this festival now, so so far so good. And you were away seeing your sister last night as well? Yeah, my sister's also a performer. She had her end-of-year performance last night. It was a Commedia dell'arte performance, which is like really physical, kind of clowning. They don't speak any language in it, they speak gobbledygook, so all the characters were just going... <laughs> <laughs> Taz the Tasmanian <laughs> devil. Yeah, talented family, mm-hmm. very talented. Um, How about you? Uh, things are going fine. Teaching later on. Uh, woke up at the crack of dawn Why? Uh, today because, well, as you know, you came and met us after training. Uh, well, it was post-training pints last night, um, and uh, it lasted what till midnight, I guess. I think we were out till about midnight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and uh, as and it's always the case where it's not like. When I have a couple beers, for some reason, I always wake up at the crack of dawn. I woke up this morning, the light was coming through the curtains a little bit, and I was just like, I bet you it's like half six, and it was like six o'clock, and I was like, oh my God, Damn. get back for another couple hours sleep, and I woke up again, and I was like, felt like I'd been asleep for about six hours, and I was like, I bet you it's only nine o'clock, check the phone, nine o'clock on the button, I was like, oh, well, I guess that's me up. Oh, <laughs> and a lot of people going, no, it's nine o'clock, you should be up already, but Friday's like my... Friday is our easy day. Chill day. You yeah. know, there's no class. There's one class on that I teach. That's it. Nothing else. We normally record this and train a bit ourselves. Bit of fun training, but yeah. I was in bed till 11. Yeah, see. Easy day, but yeah, so mm-hmm. I was up early, so I just wasted the day. <laughs> <laughs> Watching YouTube videos and stuff like that. I was that, assembling you know? some Ikea furniture in my new apartment. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Ooh, new apartment this. Yeah. House party this. Soon. Yeah. Soon. I haven't got any kitchen utensils yet, so I can't I can't cook everybody a big curry until I get my kitchen utensils. Fair enough. Then we'll have a house party. Um, but yeah, I was just thinking, like, get up this morning, obviously, crack of dawn, I've got nothing to do. But the one day, like, when we have training in the morning, <laughs> wake up at like, half seven or whatever, and I literally, like, can't muster the strength to turn my head to, ch- like, turn my alarm <laughs> off. Like, it's, it's funny that, it's funny how... Your body just works the opposite way. When you've got something yeah. to do, you can't get up. And yeah. when you've got nothing to do, you yep. can't go back to sleep. It's, it's a weird thing. It was yeah. the same when, when I was a kid growing up. Like, my mum and dad used to go mental because my mum my used to come in and wake me up to go to school. Mm-hmm. And she used to have to come in three or four times, you know? Say, get up, get up, come on, move it, move it, get, get moving. I was always rushed. I was always late for school and stuff like that because I was a nightmare of getting up. But then on the weekends, up at the crack of dawn to watch cartoons every morning, you know? Like, six o'clock, mum and dad coming through to tell me, turn the TV down because... You know, making too much noise. Just one of those things. Terrible. But although it is hard to get up for training, I think training in the morning is one of the best things you can do. Uh, it definitely makes the, like, you do a tough session, I think it just sets you up for the day, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, like, especially, I think, for the guys that train with us who have full-time jobs to go to after mm-hmm. training, I think they all, they, all say, they all praise it and say the day can never get tougher than exactly the morning so tougher than whatever you went through that morning although I do I, I do find it very hard to actually get mobile in the morning uh, yeah. I always feel because I've had the whole day to warm up uh, in the evening sessions I feel just I feel crap at karate in the morning yeah uh, and maybe uh, it it's because we're training with tubes and weights and, and whatever else so it inhibits your technique anyway but I just feel like I can't move around properly that early in the day but it's definitely by the time it hits half nine that's when I'm warmed up and ready yeah. to go, you know? Yeah. Like yeah, I, that's when my, I do my best stuff at half nine. Or when maybe, training's finished. Maybe we pair up at that stage and we do a bit of kumite. Yeah, yeah. I, that's that's when I'm ready to go. And <laughs> everything before that, you just feel, ah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough mm-hmm. going. But I guess that's when you want to push yourself, you know, your hardest when your body is the least prepared, I guess. So that when you do get warmed up and stuff, you, you perform at a much higher level, yeah. I guess, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's all it's it's character it's character building. Character building. <laughs> you know what else is character building? What's that? Competing. Aha! Good segue, Ross. Came up with that myself. We had our HDKI Open Championships, folks, last Sunday. Sunday just gone by. I have to say, 
Rue, very, very happy, very, very proud of, of Rue Sensei um, competing. Oops. You know, not, not, a, not a long history of competing. That was my second or third ever competition. And he fought like a, like a sensei. <laughs> 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 he done very well, folks. Thanks, he, man. he fought, he fought really well. Um, great experience for him. And uh, I have to say, myself, Tommy, the, the boss, we were all very saying at the same time. Each other, you can see how much you've come on. And the time you've been working here and stuff, from you know your early on kumite to now, I couldn't. I couldn't attack in a straight line in the in the first <laughs> phase. <laughs> uh, no, it showed, it showed the progress showed, man, and, and well done. You done everyone proud. Thanks very it's much, man. I know you, you won sh- all your fights, so fair play to you. That's, Congratulations. That's what I do. <laughs> 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 no, um, it was it was great. We had the SKIF. Yeah, what a great uh, crew this, they, they were, brought. They were great, man. Those guys are, are some super-duper competitors. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think they and made the day. They they, 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 ma- they really made it interesting. The, the highlight for me is actually the, the one thing that we, we lost, which was the team committee. Mm-hmm. We came second in the team committee. It was us in the SKIF, and we'd done a five-man mm-hmm. team committee. Um, now, it was, it was four men and one woman. Five-person five team <laughs> committee. <laughs> Okay. This is the least sexist martial arts <laughs> podcast in the world, and we're going to keep it that way. <laughs> okay. Well, five-person committee. Uh-huh. And then uh, we had uh, Aoife, who stepped up to the plate on short notice. Young Aoife, Aoife, who's only 14. Is she? 14, 15. And she was fighting one of the, the senior females. Uh, so she was fighting someone who was much older than her, much more experienced. Uh, she stepped up to the plate really well and uh, done us proud, mm-hmm. uh, which was good. Um, Carl, who just turned 16, just moved up to the cadet section. Um, actually, avenging a loss, the boy he fought in the team committee beat him in the individuals to give him for oh, third place. And then he beat him and in then the... And oh, stepped up to the plate and got a bit of revenge on him in the, mm-hmm. uh, in the team, which was exciting. Uh, and then AJ, myself and yourself, mm-hmm. um, representing the senior males. It was great, man. That, that, and the atmosphere that the SKIF crowd and stuff got to that. Yeah. You know, it, it really, like, they it had fe- the HDKI crowd, the SKIF crowd, you know, Going crazy for every second, every exchange. It was, it was great, man. It I love felt that like stuff. a like a, a genuine sporting event. Like I, I know that sounds stupid because that's exactly what it was. But yeah. the crowd were kind of going mental. There was, was shouting and really screaming cool. and stuff. Nothing beats great team, atmosphere. Uh, that kind of yeah. atmosphere with team committee, and yeah. it and it brings you. I think it brings the competitors up to a new level as well. Yeah. When you have that kind of backing, like you can hear like any time you do something, yet or you, if you miss something, it's a yeah. Or when the judges are making their decision and you. Hear them, and you <laughs> and he's like, no score. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> they get to see more. It was great, man. So they they uh, brought a really really high level squad along with them, yeah. um, <laughs> and it I made the, the day really really competitive, really really fun. So thanks to those guys for coming along. I really hope great. they come yeah. back next year. Yeah, yeah, really fantastic. Um, but yeah, the, the competition went went great. Like I, I was just, but I mean, I mean you you can tell the story about my rant. Yeah. Like, okay, okay. I get very, I get more animated when my students compete than when I compete myself. Yeah. You know, and uh, so yeah. are we going to talk about a little bit of? Okay, okay. So we'll tie this into. We want to talk about competition karate today, and maybe I suppose we'll talk about tactics and strategy and and technique. But uh, <laughs> there was something lacking among the HDKI competitors on the day, and it was that, in Ross's words. Nobody in this fucking dojo can punch Chidan. <laughs> so there was a yeah, which is which is part of a rant that you had on the sidelines. Um, yeah. Everybody was trying to go over the top. It was um, I know, going over the top is fine, but they were going over the top against people who were double the height of them, or had just timed like they're they they'd be up one nothing and then try and go over the top and get scored on it like with someone going Chudan like yeah. underneath, and then when you scream at them. Keep it low, don't go over the top. Like, because they were timing, they're one of the things the SKIF guys all had was really sharp Gakazukis. Like, yeah. I think they were all the points that they scored in our category were all just about yeah. Chudan Gakazukis, with the exception of one or two. I got kicked to Shiro Gary, yeah. But, but otherwise, yeah, a couple yeah. of the boys had some some very nice sort of specialized techniques, mm-hmm. but um. Everyone was getting caught with that, and I was going crazy. I was like, "Don't do it! Don't! That's all they all they're scoring with on is this Chudan Yakuzuki. Will you keep it Chudan?" And everyone was going Joe Dad, and I was going mental. I was screaming at the side. Yeah, stuff. you were you were <laughs> animated to say the least. Yeah. yeah, but competitions are fun, man. Really, yeah, man. really fun. Yeah. When you're there with a team, like I think the once I went to a competition all on my own, and then. At last year's HDKI competition, I wasn't I wasn't working here just yet, so 
I wasn't exactly part of the team, you know, I wasn't in any team category, so I was there as an individual. But when you're with your crew, your dojo, your squad, whatever, man, it feels great. It feels really Absolutely. great. Absolutely. Um, what I struggle with now, being in this position as an instructor, mm-hmm. and as, the, like, I do, like, I teach the guys in the dojo, they come to the committee class and stuff, so... Um, and I'm I'm teaching a kumite course in London in July. You're coming with me to yep. that, yeah. And I had more pressure on me because I I put more pressure on myself because I'm going to teach this kumite course and they're pushing me as you know I won the championships last year mm-hmm. and they were they're push and I won the one in in England as well and they were pushing me as you know the ATKI kumite champion da 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 and I was yeah, like I yeah. can't lose our own championships you yeah. know I have to win. This at least at least when before I teach this course and after that it doesn't matter yeah, as much. Yeah, but I yeah. need to make sure I don't lose. So I had that. I, like, I've put that pressure on myself. So it took me a wee while to get into my. Once I'm in my competitive headspace, like once I've warmed up and I've psyched myself up, I don't really I don't think about any of that. Mm-hmm. But in the days leading up to it, and I was putting the, I was feeling the pressure. I was like I have to go out and, and when I have to go out and when I have to go out and when. Whereas before I came here and I was competing, I very much had the mindset of just go out and enjoy it. And I was never nervous. Mm-hmm. I was just f- focused and motivated and, and would go out. And there was no nerves on the mat. I was there just to do my thing, which I miss a little bit. Because now being the instructor and having all your students, like there was a, like a whole bunch of families came just to watch. Yeah, yeah. You know, they brought yeah. all the, all, and it's so, I had half my students up with the, just and to I was watch. like, yeah. and I was like, I can't, like I can't go out there and get, you know, Epond or something, you know, in the first five seconds here, you know, I have to, you know, be impressive. Well, you didn't, man. You won all your fights. You got yeah. your gold medal in the individual committee. committee Thank goodness. And, yeah, <laughs> and you won your fight in the in the team competition. So, yeah. no, I, I I was I was happy with myself. I was, it was a big relief at mm. the end of the day. Mm. Um, that was good. And again, I, at the end of the day, you feel silly for putting that pressure on yourself, you know. But I get helped, you know, a couple extra reps of yakazukis in the evenings, you know, yeah. didn't hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, competition. Tra- uh, will we start with training for a competition? You run the competition yeah. class here every Saturday. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, what's What's your and we, of course we have Jason and Ray running the HDKI squad. Yeah. Is it once they, a they month? Do, they do, yeah, once a month. Yeah, um, they, they, do, they do a good job mm-hmm. up there. Um, I think they they do a good job of bringing intensity to the training that mm-hmm. I don't quite capture in the dojo because it's a small space. And mm. there's a big age difference in the competition class. You've got some kids who are coming through who aren't on the squad, mm-hmm. who are just, you're trying to give them a feel for competition, trying to get them involved, trying to get them to start enjoying it. Mm-hmm. So if you expose them to it with this harder, faster, stronger like attitude, you know, where it's super like high pressure all the time, yeah. I think it can put a lot of people off. And we don't want to do that. We want to encourage young kids to take part, especially, I, I do, because... That was a, the thing that turned my life around in terms of my confidence um, when handling bullying at school, when handling exams, when handling job interviews and stuff like that. I would always fall back and go, I've been in more high-pressured situations than this in the finals of competitions. Yeah. This is a walk in the park. I'm not going to get punched in the face yeah. going for this job interview. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm, And mm-hmm. that was very much the attitude I brought over here interviewing with Scott for the jobs. Like, well, there's maybe one interview where he wouldn't maybe punch me in the face. You never know. Like <laughs> part of the test, can you be a sensei? <laughs> what did you learn in karate today? Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. Um, but so, so it's something that I really want to encourage, especially the younger kids, to get to get involved in. And we've got a, a good group of adults who do it because they enjoy the training. Some of them, like uh, Barry, Justina. Evelina, they all uh, competing at the weekend. I think they all got medals mm-hmm. at the weekend as well, which was good. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have a set of seniors there who who do it and maybe aren't as serious. They they don't have ambitions to be, you know, European world champions, but they definitely enjoy competing. Mm-hmm. You've got some young kids who are just starting it, and some of the one of the couple of them had their first competition. Day. And again, they got medals, they had fun, they had a good experience, which was great. And then we've got a core of teenagers who are, like a few of them are at that level where they're competing in world championships, European championships and stuff. And, and it's a bit different for them. And that's where the squad sessions are so important because they get that pressure, that intensity. They are, it's much more competing against each other mm-hmm. rather than just training. So you know? you'd say your weekly competition class on a Saturday here is like a, a bridge 
It's uh, a gateway class to the squad yeah. sessions. So there, there'll be moments where we go at like high volume, high pressure, high intensity. Yeah. You know, you, you'll be demanding a lot from them. Then also you have like just focusing on more technical aspects, you know, of how your body should move when you're mm-hmm. throwing techniques in competition versus the amount of key hone and, and technicality we go into normal training. Mm-hmm. It's a bit different. It's a bit freer. Mm-hmm. You're breaking some of the, the hard set rules that you would maybe teach in a, in a normal karate class. So you, And you have to try and let them understand that this is another aspect of karate you know and i think that uh, trying to get that that bridge is the tricky part for me but the kids follow it really well i think yeah they're they're, they're a bright bunch okay so uh besides from i suppose well when you are training uh teaching a competition class what do you think let's talk about kumite first what do you think across the board is the one thing you look at a normal karateka what do they need to work on generally for yeah. their competition training i think um for our guy I'm, i can only really speak for for our, for the guys that i see yeah. day to day, the guys that i'm teaching and the big thing to try and get them to do is for one thing stay low a lot of times when you people when you say people okay jukamai freestyle they tend to relax a bit because they're not in that long these long stances that we do in Shotokan, they tend yeah. to relax. And, and the problem that they all have at the start is they all come up. Mm. And th- that when they throw punches, they're very high up. They're not. And it's about pushing your body to that physical limit where you're driving even deeper than normal in your stance. You're mm-hmm. staying low all the time and, you know, rotating your body to its limit, things like that. So when you're teaching Kazamazuki, Yakazuki, it's about getting them to consistently get in the habit of pushing their body to that physical limit so that they're covering mm-hmm. as much distance they're being as fast as they can they're stretching their limbs out as far as they can and not sort of heel down back leg driving in straight you know hips so, and showman it has to be a little bit more extreme and i think it's training them to go to that extreme naturally yeah uh, it's the difficult part. so what you're saying is they have to be dynamic right dynamic yeah. means changing yeah so to we we start off yeah we don't use a big long solid stance like we do in kihon in mm. in jukamai you're a bit higher up you're a bit more relaxed but then you need to be able to switch from that to a very long extended yeah, yeah you, you have know, to be in a constant state forward. of that plyometric movement yeah. you know and and it's constantly being able to at any point explode in any direction and that's difficult for especially young kids to grasp you know they mm-hmm. they just want to you know go crazy throw punches and stuff and they tend to be a bit sloppy for the teenagers they start to get it and the seniors need to develop it like if they haven't if they've not come up with competition it's something that they find quite difficult to develop as well mm-hmm. um and i think that the, but that's the biggest challenge i think is to is to teach the form of not having such strict form you know it's that right. oxymoron of of people punch with too much form yeah initially yeah and it's been able to sort of break that and and get them to move a bit more naturally and then also didn't rick jackson say something about that during his course here Uh, said something about (laughs) we uh you know we we oh what is it we train with so much form just so that we can then train with no form which is obviously something rick hutton has talked about too they all talk about it it's about you you adhere to this shuhari yeah You, you train the system you master the system and then you break the yeah. system I mean, so you train so hard so that you, you train to that system s- s- with such dedication that you eventually don't need the system yeah 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 what yeah. was the word he used contrived was it contrived uh, yeah the movements yeah. we make are very much contrived um, so that then you can move uh, freely, freely yeah, yeah, in a non-contrived way I hope that there's some children outside the dojo making a lot of noise and I just hope it's not bleeding through the microphones here because they're so annoying. <laughs> Very squeaky. What are they doing? Very squeaky. Um, but yeah, so I think that, that that's the first thing. Uh, the first challenge I think is to to get them to have the correct form mm-hmm. by not sticking to the form, which is which is quite difficult to, for the young ones to wrap their head around because they go, oh, "Sensei, but you say always punch it." And I was like, yeah, "This yeah. is different," you know. So, After that, it's um, I think it's a combination of so many things. It's it's about how to move. And like, you've got so many things like you've got okay movement. How how are you moving in and out yeah. when you're attacking? How how are you getting out of d- danger? How are you, you know, uh, creating danger? Creating danger, yeah. <laughs> um, then it's okay uh, distance control. Uh, how to understand uh, controlling distance? How to understand when you're able to do certain t- techniques in certain distance? When you're at what point are you? Should you be thinking about you have to do something otherwise you're about to get hit? Learning how to control distance has been a revelation for me, and it only happened pretty recently. Yeah. Uh, 
what was it, just a, a couple of months ago, and we were sparring, I think, and Scott was shouting at me, and then he stopped us for a second and he, to- he to- told me about distance and then you told me a little bit more you broke it down so I could understand it and then it was just about so then we're sparring again and I can see the points where you're kind of nudging closer nudging closer and I'm like he's about to enter the zone I'm about to get in trouble unless I either get out of the way or unless I go in um, so yeah controlling distance was a, a huge one for me and I think it just went a long way to improving my comité yeah um also, just having the bottle, like when it's going with, like my senses, obviously, like have the this, so this takes a lot of bottle, mm-hmm. and it's like when somebody's coming forward and attacking, having the bottle to stand your ground and drive in and and you know catch them on the way and things like that, like be, having the confidence to to go in and not be afraid of taking hits and stuff like that. Yeah, committee, um, very important. Uh, that was a big one for me too. Yeah. Which is something that Scott has been hammering into me recently is fight head on. That's exactly what yep. he said before. He said to me before we started the team comité event, Just fight like an instructor, fight head on. Yeah. So that's what I had to do. And no, it worked. It, I scored. Woo! That, that, I mean, that's <laughs> the. I mean, that's the. That's the thing. I mean, if you look at the way you spar in the mornings, it's very much defensive. Very much, you're waiting to see what it is whoever you're up against well, is going to do. Yeah. And you're not sure how to handle it, and then yeah. it's like, well, if you just sort of bite down and go for it all of a sudden you're hitting when you're like oh yeah, uh, this, yeah. this, this actually this training that we've been doing is actually working I can actually cover distance much faster than I actually thought I could my punches are much more sharp I'm more dynamic mm-hmm. in my committee than I actually thought I was and I think when you have the bottle to actually just commit that, that makes a huge difference um, and that's something that, that can be difficult to teach especially to people who, who lack confidence I think it's something that takes a lot of time mm-hmm. for them to develop that a bit Um and then, like you've got so many other things. Like then you've got setting traps. You've got for for your opponents. You've got how to read your opponent. How to make them move to positions that you want them to for certain techniques. Uh, setting techniques stuff, up in combinations. Yeah. Like there's there's uh, a whole list of things, and it depending on what level you're at, that or what level your students are at, it depends what they need. But the big thing everyone needs is to understand. F- from what I watched at the weekend, is to understand less is more. Keep it yeah. simple. Yeah. Like like simple tech. Like, there's a reason Kazamazuki Yakazuki has worked since the first karate competition <laughs> since the back 1950s, in the day. You know, yeah. like and it still works today. Yeah, <laughs> you can still see like the best fighters in the world still scoring with a Yakazuki. Yakazuki is always Yakazuki, regardless of what level you're at. Yeah, and a good Yakazuki is very difficult to to beat. You know, it's yeah. very difficult to do poorly. You know, yeah. Um, and it's the reason it's the bread and butter of the karate world. Like that that driving in Yakazuki is the thing whether you're defensive whether you're going in offensively it works every time and I think that uh, I'm watching some of this some of the guys I think that they uh, too many I was watching and I was thinking there's too many of them just just kicking kicking yeah, too like yeah, so much yeah. kicks and I was thinking you're kicking from a distance where you're, you've not set it up you've not set the trap you've not moved them in any way you're just standing in front of them and throwing a, a leg up and it's different if you are super fast I can throw a front leg Mwashigeri the same way you throw a Kazamazuki. Yeah. You know, which is very rare. Yeah. You know, but some people can do it. Um, but I was watching some of our guys and I was thinking, you're kicking when you need to, at least if before you lift your legs off the ground, you have to be setting them up. You have to be making them move in a certain way that allows you to, to throw this and disguise it a bit more, yeah? But they were throwing single kicks all the time. Again, head hunting too much, going for the face too much. It's a very small target. The body's a big target. When they punch, they're going square on, you know, trust yeah. that you're going to be faster and just try and get them. And, you know, and everyone who punches Yakazuki now always moves their head offline to a certain extent. And some of them weren't reading the head movement when they were going in. So they're punching in a straight line and the head's moving off to the side. You have to that adjust. To me. Yeah, yeah, you have to adjust these things, you know. Yeah. Uh, but that takes, it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of competition experience to naturally develop that you know yeah um, so that's like the competition class tomorrow they're all going to get a bit of a tune out <laughs> <laughs> uh, not in a bad way you know like I'm, I'm proud of every single one of them uh, uh, they all go out and, done, and do their best and, and some of them done really really well some of them didn't perform as well as they as they have done in the past and mm-hmm. it's, everyone can have a bad day I've had many of them um, and it's just one of those things like it, it, it's back to the drawing board learn from the mistakes uh, but they'll, we'll be going doing a lot of Chudan Yakuzuki's tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Will I be there at competition class tomorrow? I think so. Yeah. 
yeah, I'll see you there. I'm looking forward to it. Cool. Um, but uh, something else. Oh, yeah. I, th- I do feel like I've been bitten by the competition bug now. Yeah. I really want to get out and do some more competing. Yeah. If possible. Yeah. We're busy here in the dojo. We, you know, I work on Saturdays. Competitions are usually on a Saturday. But if we, there's some Sunday competitions coming up, I think I'd like to go along. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, one of my big things, I, I, I want to compete more, you know, especially while we're still young, you know, we're still in our 20s. We, like, you know, we're physical. We're peaking physically. Time's running out. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's time to go out and, and keep on winning, you know. So, yeah, I'll compete this year in England again I, th- I think uh, there's a few ones abroad that I think the squad are going to hopefully cool. Ray and Jason see fit to take me along with them um, and then once about here if we've got the time I mean the, the thing that plagues me is you know stuff like private classes things like that you know like yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they do take uh, the students do take priority as an instructor of a lot course, of the time yeah. Um, I'm, I'm now getting gigs abroad and stuff like that, which happens which sometimes or fall on the same dates, which is just one of those things. But um, no, I, I I was on a massive high after the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the most fun I've had at a competition in a long time. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, just the atmosphere and stuff, just having it's been a long time since I've had a team with me, like yeah. a, a team thing. Because normally, if it's a, a competition, so normally I'll be the only senior. There's not a lot of seniors from the HDKI, like male seniors competing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm normally the only senior male there, and our events always last. So everybody's already pissed off by the yeah, end of it, you know. Yeah, but yeah. to have like the, to have you AJ uh, there with me, you know, warming up, you know, we're warming up in the same bit, you know, we're giving each other nods all day, you know, yeah, encouraging yeah. each other and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, it's nice, man. I missed that. I didn't realize how much I missed that until I, I got it because it's been a long time since I've felt like I've had teammates if you get me you I know? do yeah because uh, for a long time in Scotland I didn't have a dojo to train at consistently even when I was with the JKS I mean those guys are were very like up in Dunfermline it was so far away to train I could get I was very erratic how often I could get up there and they'd done their best to make me feel welcome and to make me feel part of the team but I never really did just because it was so inconsistent and I was having to train in other dojos different dojos and when you have to train so erratically, it's, it's difficult to create those sort of bonds, you know? And so when I was going and competing, as much as they were all encouraging me, the coaches would give me advice and stuff and, and tell me, oh, you know, keep, keep calm, watch your control. And I'm looking at them like, I never, ever get disqualified, ever. Like, I have, yeah, I have, it's just generic like, advice. But it's just, adv- <laughs> it's just generic advice and stuff. Yeah. I was like, ah, so they don't really know my style. They don't know what what I go through mentally before yeah. competitions the way that coaches maybe should and that, again that's just because it was so far away and I, and I wasn't part of the wasn't gelling with the team you know yeah. because of that so it's been, I felt alone at competitions for such a long time and I, and this is the first time in a while that I felt that I had a bit of backing from the other, from guys who are competing alongside me, you know. Yeah. So I, I came off a massive high there. That was that was great, man. I loved it. I felt the very same way. Like yeah. like I said about how I'd been to a couple of competitions as an individual, but going as part of a, a, a well, we weren't part of. I'm not part of the squad, but we were a, a squad. We were a squad in ourselves. So. Yeah, yeah, that was really good. Me and needed the instructor squad. You yeah, know, like they just and we yeah. won team kata. Whoop. <laughs> on a day's notice <laughs> we'd been practicing since thursday and we I th- did we get three practices in wow now hang on now that sounds like we're very severely tooting our own horns no. there but it was a bit by the seat of our pants um i, I was but i think you know we were able to we were able to uh, thanks to the fact that we trained together so regularly anyway yeah. we Kinda had just jailed, yeah. we gelled that's yeah, it. That good yeah. um so yeah it was a great weekend and yeah, it made me like you. You were just saying there before we we started, like a lot of the chat from traditional karateka just now mm-hmm. with karate being in the Olympics. Like you said, we want to talk about competition karate. It's very negative. It's very yeah. and and I've said it a bit myself. It's very much traditional karate versus sports karate. There does seem to be that kind of dichotomy. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So I, I want to talk about like we want like like you say a positive note. The positives of competition karate and the positives of the sport karate in general. I um, didn't want to. I didn't want to have a budo karate versus competition karate discussion on the podcast because I think that is done to death. And even like Naka does it. Even Jesse Enkamp is talking these days about how competitors will hit their own dogi to, you know, and it's all superficial and yada yada yada. Let's just talk about what's good about competition karate. Well, there I mean, are a lot of good things. Uh, uh, I mean, so many. Like for one, the things I mentioned earlier. As a child who had no 
coordination, no athleticism, uh, who got picked on at school for not having any athleticism, mm-hmm. for being ginger, obviously. <laughs> I, I mean, because that's a given. Uh, <laughs> we ginger ninja. Ginger <laughs> ninja. Um, yeah, uh, competition was the thing that, that switched it around for me. All, like, I gained confidence. Not that I walked about with bravado at school or in uh, secondary school or anything like that, but it, I wasn't. Uh, all of a sudden, I was wasn't afraid to converse with people who you know and make friends and stuff like that. I remember any time I went on holiday, my mum would take me by the hand in the pool and say and introduce me to the other boys oh, playing in the pool bless. and be like, "Hey, go go play!" And then would I would have a great time, you yeah. know, because like I said, I'm not like. I'm a fine kid, like, you know, there's nothing wrong with me. <laughs> uh, but I, I don't think anyway, yeah? Like, other people it's might funny think that you have to qualify that. There's nothing wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with me. But, you know, that, but for some reason, confidence-wise, I just couldn't go up and start a conversation. But as I got a bit older, you know, hit my teens, that all changed and I became quite confident in myself. And my spectrum of friends grew immensely. All of a sudden, I was friends with everyone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and... and that was, I think, down to the fact that I was competing and doing well in competitions. And that was a big thing for me in my personal life. And then again, in terms of the stress that comes along with competing, especially like, you know, I've fought at a high level stage of European World Championships and stuff like that. And when it comes down to the wire, you know, the being able to handle that pressure, it's a different kind of pressure than, for example, grading. Grading something where you can control the outcome in a lot of ways uh, right. in the sense that you have to go out and do the kata and you've been practicing it a lot you've go out, go out and do your kihon you've been practicing it a lot you go out and do your juapon kumite you've been practicing it a lot mm-hmm. when you have someone who's up against you in kumite for example you can't control what they're doing like to an extent mm-hmm. you know it's, uh, it's, there's an element that's very much out of your control that's a different kind of stress it's a different kind of environment being able to control that then again in exams and job interviews and all this stuff the stress just wasn't there there was mm. like I, I remember my friends freaking out over interviews or over you know exams results and things like that now and, and i would just always be way more casual and say well it's it's not as tough as getting smacked in the teeth you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so yeah. and so that that's one of the, the biggest benefits i think for for doing competitions and training for competitions yeah um on the personal level i think yeah um, but then also physically, it takes you to new heights as well. You look at the athletes that are competing now at the, again, this, this Olympic level now that we're talking about. I mean, they're just as much athletes as any boxer, as any um, track and field yeah. competitor, as any gymnast. These guys are real professionals. You know? The way they move with like such explosivity, you know, such speed, it's it really is like it's it's at a very it's at a higher level now than ever it was before. Yeah. And you could you know people talk about the good old days where they used to batter each yeah, other, get, you know, fifties, sixties, seventies, or whatever. They wouldn't touch but, these guys. No, <laughs> they wouldn't get someone from the good old days and put them up against a WKF top competitor, and they'll lose. But yeah, because at the end, of, like uh, the talk about the good old days annoys me because at the end of the day. You're still scoring points, yeah, and you're still like, and you still, Shobuepon was never like a combat sport in the sense that you were the fight stopped when one of you were knocked out. Well, or, it could or, if or you did have get rounds. Well, was, but people, people did, but they, they, but there was still an understanding that you had to have control, yeah, because otherwise all the matches would end with knockouts, yeah. you know, uh, and they have this this sort of oh I remember back in the day or when you got hit you got hit and it's like well no you didn't because if you if you were then to go and take a show weapon fighter and put them into a boxing ring you'd get you'd get mangled yeah <laughs> you know it's because you you weren't conditioned to take the same kind of punishment as a te- as a 12 round boxing match or, or or something that that lasts more than two minutes which is essentially it's mm. two minutes of sprinting to see you can touch each other first it's still that's still what it was back then yeah yeah, the touches were a bit harder, but yeah, very rarely we get knocked out. Yeah, and when it was bare knuckles, people were getting cut open and stuff. But they still probably weren't the getting fact, flattened. You know, you know, the fact that they were getting hit harder is probably well. Now I don't know for sure, but I would theorize that it's something to do with the fact that they weren't 
they they didn't know how to stay relaxed. They didn't quite have the the knowledge, the, you know, the sports science that we have nowadays, which which proves that you know relaxation is the key to speed mm. and you know fast twitch well, muscle and stuff like that. I think if it, you look at, uh, for example, Elwin Hall and his yes. highlights, there's no doubt that he's one yeah. of the fastest guys to ever do it. Yeah, I yeah. mean the speed he could move at was unbelievable. So, I mean, sure, I think at the grassroots level, you had the the guys who were just looking for a, you had definitely had guys who just who done karate and were looking for a fight looking and, to thump someone and, looking, yeah. and you had that and you had the, the stiff karate and stuff like mm-hmm. that but then you have like Kagawa mm-hmm. um, when he used to compete I mean it was a thing of beauty and he was so fast so I think there, there at certain levels you have the, the stiffness and yeah that's probably when people were getting hurt the most yeah. Again, the higher up the levels you go the, like you see Frank Brennan's Malashi Gary and stuff it's perfect control Yeah. Um, you, you look at and the likes of yeah, like I say, Kagawa, perfect control again. Yeah, sometimes they, I'm sure they broke people's nose. I'm sure once or twice they've knocked somebody out. But that happens in WKF as well. Yeah, people get knocked out in WKF competitions. Like that happened to the English boy who was a prospect for the Olympics. There was a big controversy. Was it? Oh yeah, there was a big controversy about that. And maybe some people listening might know. But the yeah, I can't remember who he was fighting. But it's the boy who won the world championships. Two years ago, I think. Okay. Um, oh, I can't remember his name, but the boy from England. I'm sure people listening to some people listening will know. Um, but he went in for Yakuzuki as the guy lifted his leg up and his knee hit him in the chin, oh, and the English boy got knocked out. Yeah. And the they gave him the win and disqualified the other person. But then the coaches sort of overruled, like uh, appealed, and then it was overruled because it was he put himself in danger. And he sort of moved into the knee, right. so it wasn't intentional. So it shouldn't be a disqualification. Yeah. It should be a, he can't continue. Yeah. And then there was a big controversy about that because obviously the amount you win and stuff is going to determine how eligible you are to compete in the Olympics. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. So it was, uh, it was, um, yeah. So there's a big controversy about that. But that's an example of where somebody's been knocked out, and it happens when people throw techniques. Happens when people get swept and land badly. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Again, we're still throwing punches and kicks, and people run into stuff and no matter how good your control is a punch is a punch at the end of the day you know well I mean just this Sunday gone by at the competition I got rattled kind of hard in the jaw yeah. I wish I'd learned those guys names but it was one of the SKIF boys I think the boy that done it to you was the boy that I fought in the semis yeah, yeah you fought him in the individuals did you get his name? Ben Ben I believe Ben punched me kind of hard and my jaw was sore for a, for a full day <laughs> 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 obviously he didn't knock me out or but I can't remember what my point was. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah like, sometimes you get hit hard, yeah. basically. Um, but I think, like, yeah. So that that notion that back in the day was something completely different. It wasn't. Do I think that the karate was better? Like, as in the like where the techniques a bit more effective, shall we say? Yeah, I think that the big difference now is because they are padded up, mm-hmm. because the control is. Part, like there is more emphasis on control than there was back in the day. Like if you snap somebody's head back back in the day, you would have got the point for it. Yeah. Now you you'd get warrants or or disqualified or or something. And that, I can understand the frustration in that because when you pad up someone, if you have shin pads and foot pads on and gloves on, yeah, and chest guard, they have the chest body protectors on now and mouth guards. If you're that padded up, let them hit. <laughs> you know, I, I think I think there is a point where it's like, well, well you, you should be allowed to smack. Somebody. Well, hang on now, because that's kind of is that like a what do you call it? A contradiction in, or or but because they're wearing we're, we wear padding for more protection, not so we can hit harder. But yeah, but the point is, if you're going to give them padding to to soften the impact of a controlled moashigiri, yeah, if the moashigiri is controlled and the guy gets his head moved. Yeah, that shouldn't be deemed not controlled. If he's not knocked out or burst open, yeah, that's controlled. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah sure. Yeah. So what's so, that got to do with padding? <laughs> no, no. But that's my point. If they're padded up to the gills, then like they're not getting like they're not in danger of getting cut. They're not in danger of any yeah. of that. Like I'm not saying you should, they should be able to knock each other out, but they should be able to make contact. Okay. Yeah. To the same extent that you would see in a traditional showbapon competition. Okay. But they get penalised for it, is what I'm saying. So oh, I can okay. see why that can go too far sometimes, you yeah, know? Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, I think, though, again, the 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 emphasis on, on control is much higher. And I think that that emphasis on control allows 
modern WKF fighters to put themselves into positions and throw certain techniques that put them in a lot of danger, but they're in no danger because of that level of control that's required. Yeah, and because so of the can, rules. They can do very flamboyant techniques yeah. that wouldn't have any practical use, that wouldn't be effective if they wanted to cause damage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Such as Uruma Washigeri. Like that perfect example. Like, or so you see some of the like the scorpion kick that was coming, that was popular for a while. You know that when people would lift their leg behind their head oh, and yeah. touch the top, <laughs> like that is literally ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> but they they are able to do something like that because they know there is no repercussion. They're not going to get hit with a full contact blow. Whereas back in the day, there was a danger of being hurt, so their techniques had to be a little bit more viable, a little bit more realistic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I think those are the big differences, but. It's a very small price to pay for the level of athleticism that you get now. Definitely, I think you know. Yeah. Um, but you're like so. You've had three competitions. What have you taken away from your competing? Uh, what have I taken away from it? Well, I took away lots from the competition that you know the from last week's competition. Uh, from the ones before, I just did really badly and and um, I just lost everything. And sort of felt like I wanted to do more competition training, but at the time, I you know, well I can't remember. I like didn't really have a dojo, or I was in Cork, or I wasn't part of the crew here. So what I took away from this, I think, right. So my training here at the dojo doesn't ex- there isn't a whole lot of emphasis on competition. I go to your competition classes from time to time, but when we when we partner up in the mornings and we. And we and we do sparring. It's just dojo kumite. It's very relaxed, but somehow it has all fed into um, what I can, what I am capable of in a competition. You know, because I've been getting faster, getting fitter, getting stronger, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I haven't spent hours upon hours, you know, throwing super fast kazami gakus all the time. You know, some hours, but not hours upon hours. Yeah. Uh, but but despite that. Um, my competition karate has improved anyway, just by virtue of, of the training of the the normal karate training. Yeah. So so it all feed they all feed into one another. You know what is that they say? You know, kion is kata and kata is kumite or something like that. You know the the people. Some people look everything at it as, is everything. Everything is everything. Yeah. Some people look at it as three k's kion yeah. kata kumite, and some people look at it as you know they're all the same thing. One k. One k. <laughs> just one k. K one. No, but um. Uh, yeah, so that's what I've taken away from it. You can train to be good in competition, or you can train to be good at karate, and at some level they're the same thing. Although, like I did say earlier, just because competitions are so fun, I do really want to get better at at competition yeah. karate so that I can go to more competitions and and uh, you know hopefully win a medal or two along the way. Yeah, but I think that the, the important thing for uh, I think like people like yourself who might be listening is that traditional karate at at the end of the day is formulated to competition that's what it progressed to more and more and more you mean you mean like regular shotokan yeah or do you mean yeah. no no the regular shotokan i yeah, mean yeah. That, that's one of the big things is that back in the day they tried to push it into a sport like they tried to push that sporting element Obviously, that's Very why Niju Shiho is the way it is. Yeah, because it looked the the, the thrust kicks quite look a lot better of for competition. Yeah, um, and the and the kumite as well. Like that was like what the biggest thing again. Even in, for the back in the day with the jet, like we've got Kawada coming over. Mm-hmm. What's the big thing? He was grand champion. You yeah, know that yeah. uh, it was the prowess of winning the old Japan's or the worlds was what these guys were were also training for you know yeah. they were training to get good at karate but they, like obviously and they get and they obviously achieved a very high level of traditional karate and and budo and all the rest but also these guys were also champions they wanted to go out and they wanted to get you know recognition for their skills they wanted to test their skills against each other and you do yeah. that by competing yeah true um and i think that it's it's something it's not something that should be scoffed at i think it's something that should be embraced as part of it it's not for everyone yeah. But if you but you shouldn't let anyone talk you out of doing it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, on the 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 tail end of your competition experience, uh-huh. has that given you a new boost of confidence in terms of your grading kumite? Uh, um, it has. Yeah. 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 Um, I think I the road to Nida. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I understand kumite a bit better now. Uh, it sounds yeah. like a silly thing to say, but 
yeah, it opened it opened my eyes. I was against a stranger. I was you know I was up against a stranger. That might be the case on the day of migrating as well. Um, so I didn't know what they were like. Didn't know what to expect. All I had to do, all I told was told to do, was fight head on, keep it simple. You know, defend counter or you know catch them on the way in, stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I f- I do feel more confident, and it actually I think at this stage. What I believe is going to be the case is that my keyhorn is going to be my weakest. Uh, it's going to be the weakest element of my grading. You think so? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've been practicing MP a lot. Um, I think my kumite has come on, but uh, man, the Nidan syllabus is hard. <laughs> the the syllabus for a uh, specifically Nidan and uh, Sandan are very demanding. Yeah. Physically. Like the techniques are designed to. Some are designed to flow, some are designed to test if you can make it flow. Like that, the Mawashi Akazuki is a nightmare to try yeah. and make that smooth, yeah? Yeah. Because your body's like all, over, like all over the place, you know? Your hips are completely open and you're stretching out, but then you have to compress, keep compressing the back leg and drive in. It's very, very tricky move to do well. You yeah, know? I have to keep uh, practicing, but uh, but that that is what needs the most work at this stage. Um, and it's, it's it's also because the... The syllabus is, you know, it's it's the keyhorn syllabus, yeah. but um, it has to be, so when you think of keyhorn, you think of marching up and down doing oizukis and sotoukes and whatever, but there's no, I, uh, the way Scott has been teaching it is that there's no moments of, you know, holding your technique. Everything has to snap back to Jukamai really quickly or even in between the techniques in the combo itself, such as step back Agayuke, step forward Mawashigeri Uraken Oizuki, yeah. that one. Um, you know the you 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 throw the the Aggie UK up and you have to relax that arm straight away as you go around for the kick and yeah. and then you step forward Oizuki and you have to snap that back straight away but it's hard to make an Oizuki not look like a Kazamazuki when you're supposed to be you know does it sound like a shodan folks? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just I was already saying it's I, I was just saying it's hard all right yeah. no it is it, it is tricky and and. Uh, but I think that that that's a big thing, especially with uh, Scott Saints karate, is that that flow and pulse of your body, that sort of contract, like that moment of contraction, expansion, boom, 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 and you kind of pulse through mm-hmm. um, techniques. If you watch him do a kata from start to finish, he never really stops. His body never really stops moving. The t- yeah. He has breaks in the kata, but he's he's way, he's almost like winding up like you can see his body sort of coiling up for the next technique and, and yeah. exploding in and relaxing exploding relaxing exploding relaxing and it looks like it's just flown from one move to the next yeah very sai sensei obviously sort of you know obviously I'd love to level. be able to do karate like that but at the moment I still you know I feel like I can't do a kata without wobbling in between techniques yeah. let alone flowing between techniques but again it, I think that you've got to remember like they're not asking you to to perform you know, the same, to the same extent as as a six dan or or you know or, or anything like that. They're not expecting you to go out and do kata the way that Tommy does kata. Mm-hmm. They're they're just asking you to to show that you have progressed. You mm-hmm. know, from that shodan basic shodan level, and mm-hmm. and you're on the right path. And I think that man, ju- judging by what I've seen recently, I think you're going to be okay. I think oh, that don't say that, man. Oh, 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 you said that I when I was taking it. my shodan too, and uh, it, it, when people say that to me, it makes my stomach turn. Yeah. When people say you're going to be fine, I'm like, oh, fine. I'm not going to be fine. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I was going to say something there. Uh, you were telling me about how great I was going to be. Yeah, you were going to be great. Yeah, great. <laughs> great. Um, I know, no, I think, yeah, I think. Come along. I think it's just that way on the day. You just go out and do your best, and I mean, we'll, everyone will see whether you're at the standard or not. Also, right? I know that I know when I'm grading now. I'm grading at the <laughs> summer camp in Denmark, so the rumors were true, <laughs> <laughs> and I was supposed to know that. Apparently, you just have to to and read Sensei's mind. <laughs> That's it. Well, I su- no, no. I suppose it was it was implied and it was a little bit obvious, but it was never explicitly stated. Yeah. So. Anyway, whatever. Let's talk about your grading. My grading. Um, I'm at the point now where I'm just uh, trying to stay sharp in terms of Kumite. Just, uh, again, big boost from the competition to uh, competing and, and try, being triumphant to was, was a nice boost uh, in confidence there. Just keep that momentum going, I think. Um, just keep sharp. Keep, you know, the same time and distance control and stuff. Like, um, yeah, just keep switched on with the Kumite. Um, I've been ramping up the kata a big bit now. Me after training, uh, me and Tommy Sensei, he 
very kindly stayed behind for another half hour or so. We just walked through all the katas that can be asked, mm -hmm. um, and we went through my chosen kata, Sochin, and uh, he was quizzing, giving me random questions for application and stuff like that, mm -hmm. and I'm just trying to make sure I've got everything covered. I've got a clear, concise answer for, for everything. I think at um, this stage you've got Sochin inside that. Uh, uh, it's hopefully, it's, it's there or thereabouts. You know, yeah. I think... Uh, yeah, leading up to there, I just keep keep doing it, keep asking, like, keep getting you guys to quiz me randomly, put me on the spot a bit. Uh, I think I'll be all right, um, and then just make sure that I'm still keeping those chosen catas, you know. Yeah. Um, sorry, I just thought about something else for a second. I had to giggle, but that's coming up later in the fails of the week because oh, <laughs> you mentioned application. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, but um, of the there's a lot of kata that you might be asked. Which one? Oh, I better not ask that on the podcast because Scott will be listening. That's fine. Go on. <laughs> okay, which one do you really not want to get asked? Um, Is it Basai You can ask anything, and I will, I will deliver. You know, that's confidence. <laughs> um, no, I will. Like, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my absolute best to make sure that each kata is ready. That doesn't matter what they ask, I, I'm good to go. Um, I think the the catas that I can be asked Basadai, Gion, MP, um, Hangits, Jitte, Teki, Nidan, Teki, Sandan. Basasho, Kankasho. No. No? No. Not so go down? Okay. No. Um, not those, they're not on the list anyway. Hey, okay. hell. They might ask them on the day just for fun. And Gankaku, I'll, wait, go I'll, for it. <laughs> go for it. Fuck it. You know, uh, but those are the ones that I'm practicing. <laughs> Scott says, please ask one, of the, ask one of the ones you've got on the list, will you? <laughs> but uh, I'll be ready for anything. You know, whatever he asks me to do, I'll, I'll do. But I, I've been practicing, I've been running through them. Um, I think uh, each one demands is demanding something different. So I think it will be whatever. Uh, Scott Sensei thinks my so chin is lacking, so I, I, he tends to. I've noticed that when he when he does uh, gradings, he will he'll take what uh, cat if somebody does, for example, um, MP, which is quite a light kata. Mm -hmm. You change direction a lot, you change height a lot. He'll ask maybe Gion, which is a bit sturdier, mm -hmm. um, a bit more you know a heavier set mm -hmm. than MP. So so you'll have that contrast. You need to show that contrast and. In the kata, for example, for example, that's something that he does. So I think he'll he'll judge my soul chin and judge on something that maybe was looked weaker than something else. So if, for example, um, I maybe I'm not cutting my hip well in in the shutos and manjukis that, that when I need to cut into hamni, mm -hmm. he'll maybe ask a kata like you know that that requires a lot of that. Yeah. Um, you know, if he thinks that a uh, I don't know um transitioning and slow moves are maybe a bit off or something he'll, he'll ask for a kata that has a bit of that sort of transition yeah. that transition control like hand gets for example that yeah. slow start that transition and stance uh, a lot of slow transitional moves he'll maybe ask something like that so I think uh, I think it'll just depend on the day what he wants to see from me and what the panel like he'll have a panel there as well so mm -hmm. I know he'll get their opinion on it I'm sure I'm um, excited man Denmark is going to be great yeah it's going to be really good fun big crowd mm -hmm. going as well it's going to yeah. be it's going to be great like just the tr just training it's, it's Scott Sensei Simon Sensei and Rick Houghton Sensei mm -hmm. it's going to be great fun you'll have a, a an excellent contrast I think from Scott's very nuts and bolts technicality yeah. and technical information to Rick's peace and love and, and the m mindset that you have when you do karate and then Simon's madness and, and just <laughs> just getting you revved up and, and it's a bit unpredictable what, isn't yeah, it? it's, it's like, so much fun yeah Simon's, <laughs> Simon says his class is so much fun it's going to be it's going to be great um, and then you have an excellent bunch of people there from all over the shop you know uh -huh. I think uh, some of the guys from Spain are going to be there from Barcelona I think um, a lot of the crowd from this dojo are going You've yeah, got Juan is going the first the first intern the, the original intern the, the, the OG going for his uh, knee down as well yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so <laughs> that, that'll be interesting we can we, we'll judge you silently he listens to the podcast so, yeah. yeah so yeah Juan, big uh, shout out to Juan he, he actually congratulations to Juan he oh, won yeah. the Catalonian Open I think he yeah, yeah he, so uh, in Cata he got first in Cata so I'm looking forward to seeing his kata for his. He has there. a nice sochin. We've seen it. They've seen that on on Facebook as well. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I wonder if that's what he done. He hasn't. He, had, he hasn't told me what he's what he's doing. So that'll be interesting to see. It'll be, it'll be good fun, and, yeah. and I'm sure he'll do well. He's he just trains hard. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know if it's just him or if he's bringing a couple few other people over with him. Don't know. Don't I'm know. not sure. But that'll be fun. You've got people from Denmark. You've got people from Sweden. You've got people from all over the shop coming. It's going to be great, man. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's going to be lovely. So, uh, in, let's shift the focus now from uh, anticipating our success at the grading to... to <laughs> fails! <laughs> to how badly we failed recently. Um, do you want to talk about mine? Because you had a... Um, a front row seat. A front row seat. Hang on, I'll get the video so we can hear you chortling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I'll let you listen to it first, yeah? Okay, okay, so you're not obviously you're not going to be able to see this, folks, but... Um, this is what it sounded like while I was uh, doing some drunk karate last night. Drunk so let me set the scene. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how it came about, but we were talking about um, people, someone at the Oh, no, yeah, was, I, I, was I started qu- it, yeah. yeah. I was, was like quizzing about applications and, and yeah, things yeah. like that. And, um, no, it was, I was talking about how, how uh, Guy Brodeur had said, you know, maniacs learn faster. And this particular person I was talking to was coming, off, coming across as a bit of a maniac. And I was like, you're going to do well here. And, then, <laughs> and I was like, you know, because you have to have the imagination of what this shooto could actually, what does this mean? What could it actually do? And she goes, well, what does it mean then? What does it do? And I was like, well, I'll show you. <laughs> so we stood up and this is... The Let's just see, Rue's not much of a maniac. <laughs> We put it that way. (laughs) 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 I was blown away by how, by just, I don't know what you were doing. It was uh, very much... It doesn't look that bad. It, it was just... Uh, I expected more. Oh. <laughs> I should put it that way. I expected more from you. Well, you um, know, I didn't want to hurt anybody. Well, that's so. uh, Yeah, you didn't want to get chucked <laughs> out the pub. But um, <laughs> no tag one, no at the bar. Like. Yeah, we've had that before. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was uh, It was interesting, uh, to say the least. But yeah, um, I will... I, should I post a video up? <laughs> I'll, I'll put the video on the on the YouTube version of the uh, of the podcast. Yeah, so if so you want to check, if you're listening to this podcast, I want to see. Uh, you know what? I'm not going to do that. I've got my reputation to think about. Well, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I'll, I'll I'll reenact it. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll film it, reenact it, and put it up. Yeah, so you can all check out. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, so yeah, find, go follow me on Instagram, Facebook. You know, you'll you'll see you'll see a reenactment of what Ruth was doing that night to make me cackle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a fail. There's my fail of the week. Your yeah. turn, you bollocks. <laughs> uh, so, so my fail is so every Wednesday and every Saturday we have two we have two bins: a, a general waste bin and a recycling bin. Every Wednesday the recycling bin has to go out, um, and every Saturday the general waste bin has to go out. And I always forget, <laughs> and Scott says he always gives out to me for it. Uh, but man, I te- teach a lot of errors, man. I've, I forget. It's the last thing on my mind. You know, I'm locking up. I just want to get out of here and go home. I forget the bins. And the other day, I was coming into morning training to this to Scott standing outside the door, jumping on top of the bin, <laughs> trying, to, trying push, to push the rubbish, down. trying to push the rubbish <laughs> down so we can fit more rubbish in because I'd forgotten to em- put it out to be emptied. And I was slowly. <laughs> He was facing the wrong way and I was slowly trying to sneak past like so he didn't see me. And this door makes a hell of a noise when you open it the handle's like <laughs> and Scott turned around and like, You fucker you fuck? <laughs> <laughs> fucking bitch rose fuck So uh, yeah, that was a uh, that was He started hitting you, didn't he? Feel, oh yeah, he always hits me. <laughs> fucking punching the shoulder, you know, dead arm. They complain about my ague key being too low during training. I'm like, I can't move my arms. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was my big fail. The definite easy. Wait, I know he's not. I know his muppet isn't Grouch. Wait, is Grouch a muppet? The one that lives in the bin? <laughs> I just had an image Sesame of Street, head sticking out of the bin. Just... Oh, that's Sesame Street. Okay. okay, okay. <laughs> Oscar the Grouch. Yeah. <laughs> he's got no. Do you know what's funny? In, in Japan, we gave him the. We were giving everyone muppets. Uh, or Sesame Street characters, yeah, and his was uh, the Count, <laughs> you know, the vampire, yeah, because all he does is count and laugh, yeah, <laughs> each ha ha ha, me ha ha ha, and uh, funnily enough, we just got a gig in tra- Transylvania. Yeah. <laughs> I had a bit of fun with that the other day. Uh, oh, yeah, funny. so he's finally going home. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think that's it. That uh, is it from week. us today, folks. Thank you so much for listening, as um, always. Do get in touch. Um, you know, send us a message on Facebook, Humber Dojo Podcasts. Subscribe on YouTube. Uh, leave us a review on iTunes. 
Five stars only, please. Uh, leave us one star and tell us we're bollocks because we don't care. Yeah, we won't check them anyway. You know? and, well, no, we will. We will. We'll, we'll check will. them and we'll read them out. How about that? Oh, yeah, well, shame, name and shame. Name and shame, yeah. And you know what he said? <laughs> um, and click follow on Spotify. Because, you know, it's time for us to build an audience. Yeah. It's time for us to take over this martial arts podcast yeah. world. Yeah, so if you like it, guys, share with your friends. Uh, please subscribe. Get the bell on on YouTube. Uh, get following on Spotify. All the rest of it. Follow HDKI on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Like HDKI Karate on Instagram. Like us on Facebook. Follow Ru Mew on Instagram and Facebook. Follow me, Ross Stewart, on Instagram and Facebook if you want more. There's just so many ways to cyberstalk us, guys. Yeah. And you know, you know if what? You're, you're just being lazy. It's worth it. It's worth it. Yeah. <laughs> Some quality <laughs> content out there. Okay, that's enough. Thanks very much, guys. Oh. Cheers. Oh.